looking at this work through a health and well-being lens, I believe will help our students move from surviving to thriving. That is really, truly, and deeply important to me. Our community is positioned, unfortunately, at many intersections, right? And not all those intersections or challenges are often the best. So we, proverbial we in the queer community, often find ourselves figuratively and sometimes literally holding our breath. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. This is Marcy Bullock, the creator of a podcast which helps college students who are seeking a fulfilling, healthy, and successful work and personal life. This season, we are focusing on versions of you, who you were, who you are, and who you will be. Enjoy. Hello, Wolfpack fans. Dr. Sharla Blumel is on the line today. Hi, Sharla. Hi, how are you? Good afternoon, Wonderful. Like. <laughs> I know. It's so good to see you finally. We've been talking about this because it's Pride Month. Woo woo. Happy and Pride, everybody. Happy Pride. We got to get this podcast up before the end of June, which we will. So we're winding down Pride Month. And today, Dr. Blumel is our special guest. So tell our listeners who you are and what your role is on campus, please. Fantastic. So again, Dr. Sharla Blumel, I use she, her pronouns. When I meet you or see you, please feel free to call me Sharla. I am the director of the NC State Pride Center and super excited to be here. The director of the NC State Pride Center. I love the sound of it. I've been on campus here for a while and I believe that this is a new name. So why is the name different and what does it mean? So I'll come back up a little bit. Our Legal 100% full name now is the NC State LGBTQ Pride Center. But because it has so many words in it, (laughs) we either say NC State Pride Center or Pride Center. And it has a new name for multiple reasons. I think the primary change came about because we had our 15-year anniversary last January. And that means that the center has been a part of this institution for the last 15 years. And it was originally known as the GLBT Center. I think the wisdom at that time was a lot of queer spaces, LGBTQ plus spaces were using the G first. I can't really say the why behind that, maybe without us getting down a rabbit hole, but I do believe it was a matter of time for the change to happen. We want to kind of move forward, grow forward, be here with us, you know, in this current century, in this current walk of life. That name change just seemed like something to be really salient for the center as well as for the students. We even polled our students and we asked them, you know, about the change, what would they would like the name to be, et cetera. So the 15 year anniversary was the catalyst and it all kind of just came together. Wow. 15 years. That is amazing. I remember when that center started and it's exciting. Your new location in Tally. I love the vibes there whenever I go. It's not that new now, but it's wonderful. So before we get into more about resources, I want to hear about you. So you've been at NC State about a year now. What is your why when it comes to this professional focus? So my foundational work is health and well-being work. That's my background. I consider myself a health and well-being quote-unquote person. And I did a lot of health education and public health work prior to coming to NC State from a professional lens. Um, I did get my um, doctorate here uh, back in 2015. And I think the biggest why for me is looking at this work through a health and well-being lens, I believe will help our students move from surviving to thriving. That is really, truly, and deeply important to me. Our 
community is positioned, unfortunately, at many intersections, right? And not all those intersections or challenges are often the best. So we, proverbial we in the queer community, often find ourselves figuratively and sometimes literally holding our breath because we never know what's going to happen next. Like what challenge is going to show up? What um, change with a law or legislation is going to show up? What is it that I need for my maybe smaller community, such as my family, larger community outside of my family? Like there's just so many moving parts that we are experiencing. And that ability to thrive often gets put on the back burner because of all those moving parts. So it's important to me to support our community in multiple ways, the education, the resources, especially things around daily living, right? Like we all need food, shelter, and water, but we also need care, community, and compassion. Like how do we get that? So I want to be a sounding board. I want to be a listening ear. I really want to help our students grow into whatever their best selves are. And I think this is an amazing opportunity to do just that. And when you were describing this, you mentioned we. Can you share any identities you have as far as it relates to your work? Absolutely. I identify as a Black queer woman. I am happily married since 2015. I have been with my wife for almost 14 years. I hope I got that right so she doesn't kill me when we get off this podcast. And it's very important to me to lead with that and to tell my students about that. My wife has been here several times. My students love her more than me. Not upset about that. But yeah, these identities, these parts of who I am as a person, I can't parse them out, right? Like I can't just be like black over here and then queer over here and then like a woman over here. Like I am this whole person with all of these identities. And I want the students that I interact with, with their multiple identities and lived experiences to also be able to lead with that and feel like they can show up as that whole person. That sounds fantastic. It sounds like it's so personal to you. And when you use those words, care, community, and compassion, I can see how genuine that is coming out. And your lived experience, as you mentioned, holding your breath, we've been through a lot in North Carolina with that. What kinds of resources do you provide to our campus? So I think our largest and probably most visible resource would be the student center space itself, right? We aim to create this as a space of respite for our students, a space of fun and laughter, opportunity to kind of check out or check in, depending on what it is that they need in that moment. Actual, you know, tangible resources. We do, you know, lots of education, LGBTQ 101 things, other topics through various requests. We provide safer sex supplies in our space. We offer our students, you know, coffee and tea. Um, they can come in, in this space and craft and do art, particular programs like Queer Quorum and Our Futures. So, and these are just a few things, but all of that really does center this LGBTQ plus community, but also broadens to the larger campus community to let them, you know, come also and like wrap their arms around us um, and be able to be a part and see you know, the things that we have to offer each other and specifically to offer our students here. That sounds like it's so important to have that space and to be able to congregate and feel supported. How do you think NC State has evolved in providing belonging to your populations? It's um, 
it's come a long way and I think it still has to go a long way in my in my view because I've been here uh since 1991 when there was dinosaurs roaming the brickyard so let's just say that this campus has changed before my very eyes what are your thoughts being new um, to this role um I would say I think it's hard for me to quantify just because of only being here a year on the professional side as compared to the student side. And during my time as a student, I really like lived in Poe Hall and I never saw anything outside of it. Um, but I would say in this time that I have been here, I've been very awestruck, very much awestruck by the campus community embracing, right? Folks have showed up, people have you know been in my inbox, come to the center, asking me really good questions, um, wanting me to be, you know, in community with them on various committees and to like move forward, you know, how do we best take care of our queer students, our trans students, et cetera? How do we best make our offerings more wellness focused or more belonging focused where everyone feels like that they can be a part of the conversation and a part of the space. So that early on embracing, I think has been really helpful. Um, it's been a very beautiful experience. I think one of the more visible programs that started before I got here called Pride Walk was a huge benefit to show the entire campus, you know, where that kind of love and care and compassion was coming from, where that community was coming from, and the folks that were really, truly dedicated to allyship, really, truly dedicated to being advocates, had an opportunity to show them be visible. And it has grown tremendously. This is its third year coming up, and it's actually transforming one more time from Pride Walk into Pride Fest. The students talked to me, and they said, you know, Charlotte, Pride Walk isn't very inclusive how can we change that? Because, you know, we want everyone to feel as though that this is a movement for them. And I said, got it done. Now it is Pride Fest. And we hope that it grows into a festival. So in terms of the campus, the moving and the movement of celebrating, honoring, centering LGBTQ plus students is a continuous growth that I see. And I'm excited to see it. And I hope it expands even more in the future. The vision you're sharing sounds so exciting and to see all the things in the last 15 years and having that anniversary and where it's going in the future. Any other thoughts about maybe something that you hope will happen that hasn't yet that's in your vision? Hmm. I guess that's hard to say. I What I really do hope for is to make even more stronger connections between our students, faculty, and staff. I think those connections are definitely there and they're being nurtured, but I would like to see them expand, right? Like what would like some mentoring look like? What would like some very uh, formal and informal like networking events look like? I really want our students to see themselves beyond graduation. I think that's what's so important about our futures, but seeing it really live right now, like looking at, you know, your professor or this other like assistant director over here or this program coordinator doing this thing, and maybe not even that far removed, this graduate student that is doing some, you know, phenomenal work, like that could be me. And so I think expanding those relationships between, um, like I said, faculty, staff, some of our grad students and our undergrads, so they can find those informal and formal mentors would be really um, a beautiful thing to watch blossom. Speaking of faculty, Charlotte, 
Is there one tip you can provide to a faculty member listening about how to make their classes more inclusive and welcoming to all students? That is a good question. One tip you say. <laughs> I know that could be a whole nother hour. <laughs> uh, hmm. Start with your human. We have not brought up the C word yet, so I will. We have matriculated, moved through, and still in lots of ways are managing COVID. And I won't say that prior to COVID that we didn't have challenge and issue um, and specifically speaking about students, students who were having deep needs. I think all of that was there. I think COVID and the experience and now fast forward to today, to today has illuminated that for lots of folks who may have never thought about it or it wasn't in their you know, purview. And so for faculty, you know, there could be some things happening, right? There could be a generational difference, right? There could be a non-understanding of like all the things that a student is showing up with or, you know, their why, like, why is this so salient to you? Or why is this so important? Because it's not anything that I've ever thought about. And I think put all that maybe on the back burner and just show up as a human. If you put yourself back in that position of being a first year, all the way up to even a first year grad student, what would you want to hear from your professor? your faculty member, how would you want them to embrace you and connect to you? And I think if you can just start with that human, it can just change the whole dynamic of that relationship. See each other as these, you know, flawed, imperfect humans having a human experience and maybe take away the armor of professional staff, faculty, and student. But we are humans here and we are very fortunate that we have an opportunity to explore and grow together in academia, in education. How about we just start there? That's helped me a lot. I love the the thought process of that to just think what you would have needed at that time. Not that you're in this position of here's my syllabus and here's the rubric and just the hammer. That that makes it softer and yeah. it feels like it's it's a kinder way to approach it. I like that a lot. This is a big question. So, and I've had this one with students that I've interacted with over time who are not sure about sharing their identities with people. And I use the phrase coming out. I don't know if that's still a popular phrase or if there's a new phrase to use. What are your thoughts on that? I'm pretty sure coming out is still in the vernacular. Folk are still (laughs) using it. I find it very exciting that We have folks younger and younger who are coming into their own and knowing who they are and knowing how they'd like to show up. So that's truly beautiful. I think when there is a challenge around that, a challenge around coming out or maybe showing as your whole authentic self, this is where community can become really important. Connecting with maybe some like-minded folks, connecting with folks who have, have a shared experience and obviously coming to the Pride Center and talking with myself and the rest of the team and asking those questions like, you know, what does that evolution of me as a human look like? And it's really completely up to you. There is not necessarily a script, right? But there could be some ways forward that we could help you figure it out. Like 
if and when you're ready to have that conversation, say with your family, if and when you are ready to have that conversation with, you know, one of your professors or your graduate advisor or however that looks for you, we can talk through those. We can strategize how you do that. And again, that larger community that you have kind of around you, you can lean on when it doesn't feel easy or you are not sure if the next step is the next step for you. Thanks for sharing that. And we will link to your website and all of your resources so people know how to get in touch with someone if they do need that support. Because as you said earlier, we are flawed humans having a human experience. I wrote that one down. That's a good nugget that I'm picking up. What is a personal story you can share in the last year that really stands out to you, maybe where there was a student that sought out this help and you were able to offer that support? Oh, wow. Hmm. So there's been a lot of those moments. Um, I will say and try to, you know, protect folks, um, you know, anonymity and all those other moving parts is I've had several students, uh, mostly more specifically um, seven, several trans identified students who have really just been on a journey and we're all on a journey. So when they come to the office and they have these kind of really good questions, thought um, provoking and reflective questions about, you know, but what about what's next? And what about like right now? And I just want it all to be done right now and finish. And I want to like step into my new person and who I am and how I'm showing up. And I don't want to have to deal with maybe like the different facets and the different kind of inroads that show up to kind of get to where I want to be you know, how do I do it? How do I stay patient? How do, you know, like, there's just a lot of like, hurry up. And I just want to be wherever there is through this journey. And so what I can share and what I've shared with them is, you know, take a breath, take a pause, walk it back a little bit. It will happen. You are driving. You are in charge. What we can do here for you is maybe GPS a little bit, right? We'll offer you like, maybe turn right maybe go a little further. You don't have to do that. Just like your GPS, you can make your own decisions and maybe it'll take a little longer and maybe you'll get there a little faster, but it will happen. And I think, you know, I share that watching that kind of light bulb for them that it's okay that it's a little slow going. It's okay that, um, you know, there might be a little bump here or there and you don't necessarily get there right now because we are going to be with you along the way. We're not going to let go of your hand. We're not going to jump out of the car just because you're driving. We're going to breathe through it with you and help you make the best decisions for you. Because like I had said before, it's your story. It's your roadmap. It's your blueprint. You get to choose. And I think when students realize and recognize that they are in charge and that we want to honor them being in charge, it creates a little bit of a pressure valve release, right? Just like, oh, so it's going to be fine. It will be fine. It doesn't mean that's always going to be easy or smooth, right? But it will be fine. And I think that extends a little bit of relief and they find that to be helpful. Thank you so much, Dr. Blumel. No problem. Thank you. Thank you.